Tones of your host, Slimbo Slice, coming to you live from the Haunted Party Mansion. Pepperdine episode seventy. Welcome to the show. Papercake.com, check it out. Twenty thousand followers on the Tumblr. God bless every one of them. We talk about industry news, uh, the books we're reading, and a book club. This week's book club, Jeff Lemire, Under Water Welder. Uh, so this is a comics podcast, you know, new listeners, not over Skype. Thanks for staying. We have a special guest tonight, The Return. We'll get to her in a second. Save the show. Save for the show. End of the show. To my left, going through a midlife crisis this evening. Talk about it another time. <laughs> uh, he is a writer. Unpublished. By choice. Um, he's putting a comic book together with a dear friend. He's a Canadian. Don't hold it against him. Jonesy loves beer. Thank you. Thank you for having me to the sweltering party mansion. About 105 here. We're running tonight. Feels good. And, we could uh, be recording in the pool. For all the haters, uh, both Slim and Dale have seen Inherited Page One, and they love it. Stay tuned for details. Uh, to his left, podcast bad boy. Uh, you're setting the Twitter on fire. Talking to creators, you're networking. Oh, right now, I'm, and I got to tell you, right now, I'm big into tweeting about the Olympics. Huge. You are. I don't know what's going to happen. My productivity at work will go way up as soon as I stop streaming these Olympics. If you could tag them with Olympics, that'd be great because I muted that tag. I don't know why. How were you still friends? I don't know. Dale underscore A. Tweet magician. Thanks for being here. I tell you what, I'd give my inheritance to see the rest of that comic. I can't wait for it. Good line. Um, Thank you. Returning from one of our most popular episodes of all time. Download records. Shattered. Lemire Keg. You remember that? <clears throat> well, I got to tell you, for the longest time before we started... Uh, Formatting the show on Tumblr a little different. Lemire Keg was the absolute number one downloaded show ever. Tops. Uh, sitting with us, we are in the party mansion, it's called, on the streets. It's urban slang. That's what George Washington called it, too, though. Let's he be lived, real. He lived here, unofficially. Probably. Beth Corto, B underscore Corto on the Twitter. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back. You're best known for reading illicit materials. In comic form. I don't think I have anything pornographic today to talk about. 
Thanks we for just, coming. just lost Everyone. all of our listeners. I know. <laughs> I've lost all of my followers. Everyone just hit stop. Yeah. No, uh, Sorry, guys. You picked up no old comics from the Dust Bowl of uh, the United <laughs> States. That was the best comic shop I've ever been in. So how was your, your stay off the show? Do you listen anymore? Do you even know what's happening right now? Well, I was um, studying. Boring. So I listen so much. And also going to other countries where they okay. don't. Yeah, have. you're a socialite. You're like a white Mark Farrington. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty white, much. Very That's why white. I'm here. You're both pretty white. So we're though, not in the same honest. place at the same time. You notice that? <laughs> Fact. Mm. Uh, episode 70, Underwater Welder is the book club. Jeff Lemire. How do you feel about it, John? Are you excited? I wanted to blab about this book all week on the Twitter. Uh-huh. But then I uh, I saved it for the show, son. I appreciate that. You, <laughs> did, you did tease it, though. <laughs> like you were waiting. You're like, someone talk to me about Underwater Welder. I was waiting for someone to just be like, hey, what do you think of a book club? Hey, huh, huh, huh. And I'd be like, no, sir. So I had to do it myself. Thanks for that. Yeah. I'm being sarcastic. Never do that again. Welcome <laughs> uh, news segment. We do a little news segment in the beginning of the show. Absolutely. Dale, what do you have for us? Newsman. I got tons of news for you. You Good know time. what I mean? You know what I'm saying right now? <laughs> Batman, The Dark Knight Rises. I saw that movie. A, uh, it's a Christopher Nolan vehicle. You might have heard of it. Uh... Number two now, only two Avengers in the, what, the totals of the year or something? Movie totals. Movie totals. Did I read that it is the biggest 2D opening of all time? Since, of course, it wasn't in 3D. That's a fact. That is a fact. I hate 3D. I appreciate Batman more for that. I'm with you, Quartz. You ever see Avatar? Didn't need it. You're an avatar I Listen, when you have glasses and refuse to wear contacts, 3D is terrible. But Don't take, to, take off your glasses right now. Oh, God, are you ready Why? for this? What's happening? It's 10 <laughs> things I hate about you happening right now. Hello, I can't see your face Don't anymore. they give you, That's like, okay. you know, you need hand, to see me. Don't they give, like, handy-capable handy 3D frames that kind of, like, go over your lenses? They do. They do, but they're really uncomfortable, and then you have to keep focusing your eyes. And Oh, God forbid. Just wind. I, saw, I saw Tangled in 3D. How was not, it? Not Tangled. Brave. Brave. The one with the, the, one with the gi- soulless ginger? Potato, potato. Yeah, Scottish people. Oh, God. Who needs them? Right? Yeah. According to Slim, Scotland's a podunk town in Ireland anyway. I read that on Wikipedia. Callback. Did you know? Yeah. So what did you think of The Dark Knight Rises? Did you see it yet? Yeah. What did I you did. think? I loved it. Hmm. I actually thought Anne Hathaway pulled it off. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And also, I would... I would be up on that in a minute. She's yeah, an absolute course. delight. I'm actually the owner of the Twitter account Anne Hathaway's butt. <laughs> Spoiler. I'll follow that. On the bat pod. At what has more followers, that account or your inherited account? Uh, the Anne Hathaway butt <laughs> obviously has. I just followed him right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Dark Knight Rises, making the cash. It's making the cash and, uh, you know, good on them. Good for them. Good for them. The Americans. Chris right? Nolan. We need them. America, wow. <laughs> Batman Year One, another Batman news. Batman Year One, 33,000 copies of the hardcover shipped to comic stores what? as of right now. That's really? pretty. That's pretty good numbers. Wait, is that oh, like this year or total or what, what's happening? This Do year? We well, Earth One, did I say Year One? Yeah, you did say Year I, One. I meant to say Earth One. I apologize. Thanks. People are good people. Earth One, uh, 33,000 copies. It's like 20 bucks a book, isn't it, too? Yeah. It's a lot of cash each. Uh, $21.95. I'm an owner. Oh, the hardcover. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this guy. Anything with Alfred with a shaved head and an earring. I was like... Yeah, he looks like uh, Breaking Bad. He well, does. Walt in that. Right? 
Beth Corda never read it. She doesn't know what it is. I I actually haven't read it either. Gen Z is it good? It's uh very good. Two biggest critiques are they make Bruce out to be too much of a uh, rookie, like he's had no oh. training. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was my other biggest critique? Oh, I didn't like the the ending. Wow, really good, and kind of the origin of Earth One's Harvey Bullock. There was a throwaway new serial killer character that I thought somebody else could have filled the role, mm-hmm. but it was like uh, like continuity fodder. Yeah. So the like, afterthought. Yeah, like somebody who was added just to fill a plot point where they could have used somebody like Killer Croc and mm-hmm. what been much more, you know, it's not bat real, friendly. It's not realistic. A Killer Crocodile. Come no, on no, no. I'm just saying like, what that, they use a. <laughs> <laughs> they use basically, they call him the birthday boy. He's like a serial killer who always thinks it's a birthday and they, he kidnaps young girls. Yes, like, of course. He could have made it something else in the Bat Universe and I think it would have served the story a little better. Isn't there a character in uh, Long Halloween or something or other where he's like a birthday or a cal- calendar man or something? Yeah. Holiday man? Calendar man. Calendar Julian man. Day. Jeez, okay. Batman genealogist right here. Somebody's going to fill the role. That's right. Yeah. God bless. Do we have any other, uh, is that it for this week? News items? Um, yeah, well, I think we're running out of tape. We so. are. We're running out of tape. Uh, it's it's so hot the tape is melting. Who wants to start off a book they've read this week? Super fan Beth Gorta. What, what Speaking have, of long uh, Halloween. Yeah. What? What? You read got, it? Yeah, well, I read the I read the first one today while I was sitting you know, by the pool at Party Mansion. Oh, God. Um, I liked it. I was inspired from all the Dark Knight stuff going on. I'm like, all right, take a look-see. So, uh, it's like 20 issues, isn't it? Long Halloween? It's 13? long. It's like 13 issues. Oh, God. Uh, would you have not have read that if you hadn't seen Dark Knight Rises? I've always been a Batman fan, so I probably would have re- read it eventually, but mm-hmm. I don't think I would have looked at it today. Okay. Wow. <laughs> It's got it. I I liked the first issue. It was really a good setup for what's coming. Is this next. the first one that they did together? Or was this the second one? I think Superman for all seasons came first, but somebody fact checked me on that. Get the internet. We don't have internet here. Yeah. We're in the sticks. How great is that? Uh, Tim Sale art Dark of Victory. Batman, though, especially like the first scene where he comes in. It's like a nightclub. Yeah. And it's just his long tendrilled cape. Oh yeah. And his ears like against the darkness. So mm. It's pretty great. You know what else is great in a nightclub? The Blade movie. Remember that the Vampire sure, Nightclub? Yeah, that's really We're bringing up Blade right now. <laughs> I got the that soundtrack. Remember that? FYI, uh, Tracy Lords plays one of the vampires. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Young Starlet. <laughs> she, you don't. She's not so young anymore. <laughs> you don't know who that is? No, I do. Oh, okay. He was trolling me. <laughs> young <laughs> Starlet. Uh, so this, uh, my question was: Is this the first one, or Dark Victory was the second one? I thought. Dark oh Victory no! Was I think first. it goes. No, I I think it's Long Halloween. Dark Victory, and then there's one more, isn't there? No. The third one? No. You sure? Yeah. That's it. This is, uh, I don't know. I loved Haunted, Haunted Night. Haunted Night, you are wrong. No one, no one has ever heard of Haunted Night. No one knows I'm who on that it. is. I'm on it. Continue your conversation. If you, if you gave me like three weeks to read it, I would do it for book club. Yeah, well, I so think we, we, talked about, we talked about doing that book for the show, but it was so epically long Yeah, that Dale just like pooped every time we talked about it <laughs> instantly. My IBS acting up. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to read Dark Victory after this, you think? Sure. How long did it take you to read? I only read the first... Issue? Issue. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh all right. Yeah. I'm... I was just about to spoil it for you. 
Yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, well, as long as I don't have a job, it'll probably read everything that I can. You get. are unemployed. Yep, it's true. Joy's the unemployed. This is Obama's America right here mm-hmm. in this room. Ninety-nine weeks. That's a lot, of Obama. Right. I don't even get unemployment. Oh God, I got depressed. Bees mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, that's what that is. Wow. Uh, is my, let's let's go to me. <laughs> let's let's talk about what Focus I read. On Slim. Uh, I want to talk about a book called The Poor Sad Dog in the kitchen. It's not a dog. There's no dog in this house. We don't know what that noise is. It's a ghost. Ghost hunter. Think tank number one. You heard about this? You seen this? I've I've only heard. Tell me what this is. I'm actually interested. This in is uh, from the Top Cow. Oh, boy. Never mind. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're a uh, little subdivision and a little company from Image Comics. Uh, you know why I picked this up? The artist on this book? Michael Turner? Was it? The artist in this book. Did the book cover? From Echoes. From oh. Mr. Josh Fialkov, Jonesy's boy. The one that Jonesy couldn't remember his name. And we were all embarrassed. That was lost to the annals of history. Nobody remembers it but you. <laughs> uh, so this this is nice and black and white. Same with Echoes. Follows this super genius... Uh, he's a weapons maker. He works for the military. He's in one of those little rooms that he's locked away, mm-hmm. thinking of death weapons mm. for the evil military. Obama's military, probably Dumbledore's army. Um, so Ring. he uh, has a change of change of heart, and he's he doesn't want to make weapons anymore. He wants to do something else. He doesn't want to kill people. He wants to be Iron Man. Probably stay tuned. <laughs> so uh, he decides to just around for a while with his little buddy his buddy science partner who tries to keep him in check Gov- everyone hates him because mm-hmm. he's not delivering uh, and he eventually toys around with some projects from different departments so he can read minds he has a tool that he that he uses you know if he's near the person hit their thoughts go on his little iPhone screen so he can Handy. read people's minds really their thoughts so uh, of course he goes to the nightclub you know as who what else as would blade you wood or he, pull, he pulls a blade and he goes to a nightclub and he starts, you know, looking at women, seeing what they're thinking. It's like Mel Gibson over here. And uh, he finds one <laughs> that thinks he's cute. So, of course, he takes her back to his place and they have a nice night together. Sexually. Um, in your window. It, it was inferred. In the biblical sense. So, uh, he leaves in the morning full of regret. Mm. And uh, Why? Spoiler, the, the government knows what's up. They're there waiting for him. Tune in next issue. Wow, it's pretty amazing. It's a good issue, actually. Yeah, I actually wanted to read that. If I, if there was a, uh, I'm trying to keep track of all the things I really need to read. Mm-hmm. So if there's a way to, like a wish list, like a wish list feature or something like that. dot mm-hmm. com dot com slash wish list. Check it out. <laughs> uh, Jonesy loves beer. To my left, you're still living. What are you reading right now? For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> By choice. <laughs> yeah, by choice. <laughs> <laughs> the Manhattan Projects. Oh, issue man. five. This Hickmania, you know. <laughs> they're still testing my blood for Hickmania, still kind of a positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? So I haven't gotten out of my system. Uh-huh. Uh, issue five, if you remember uh issues one to four kind of builds up to this meeting between uh the generals group with the one of the eight known alien races in the galaxy. Beth Corto, do you know that FDR is a severed head in this book and he's Time. alive? He plays a uh, artificial intelligence. It's pretty great. No, I that's uh, German. 
Futurama style? Yeah, sort of. Or yeah, it's not. Maybe it's not a severed head, but it's like brain can, is like yeah. the team leader or something. He's like a mainframe or something. Right? Yeah, he's like yeah. Anyway, so the aliens are like. Uh, I guess we're planning to kill the human race mm. and populate the planet. Mm-mm. But um, Oppenheimer, who is really Oppenheimer's crazy twin brother, kind of like gets the gist of it and decides to kill the alien leader during no. the meeting. And consume him. Eat him? Does Eat that him. help him. fight the aliens? Well, what happens is Duh. Oppenheimer is so crazy, I guess, by eating the alien, he kind of understands its motives. Of course. So he goes back and he mounts Classic. an assault <laughs> on the alien empire. So he uses Einstein's teleportation device. They show up to try to talk some sense to the aliens. All the while, a secret plot to kill all of them. Because the aliens don't have the antibodies for Earth. Like, they're colds. Like, our colds and our diseases. It's like we War had, of the Worlds. Right. So they come in, and all the all the alien, aliens in the entire empire drop dead. Nice. Oppenheimer, Lucky. they go back to Earth. Oppenheimer now understands this gate that they used. Stargate. Has a better understanding. Yeah, so Stargate. Like I think they refer to it as the pulling gate. Man, he's getting all, all these movies in this comic. So Oppenheimer pops open the gate, and suddenly all the Oppenheimers and all the parallel universes are now occupied in one mind. Oh, boy. To be continued. It's Whoa. a big mind, right? It's pretty crazy. What's the villain that has the big head, the brain? Is that the leader? Green Lantern villain? You're talking about the uh, oh, Sinestro. Oh, no, Hector Hammond. Is his name the leader? It might be. No, Hector Hammond, though, yeah. is his real name. His so Christian name. So this this is still one of your picks. You're still a hick maniac. Yeah, hick maniac. Like if you test me next month, I'll still have it. Mm-hmm. Manhattan Projects is so off the wall crazy. I mean, you you just can't help but love what he's tr- was doing with history. Hickman is like a Morrison you can follow. That's a good. That's good. Yeah, because obviously Morrison is the exact opposite of that. Too cerebral. Morrison, like I garbage. Might as well. He's been called garbage. I think by you on the show. By yeah, him. exactly. I want to. I want to find that ghost that's haunting this house right now and just tell him to just take me. Skeleton key me right now. <laughs> Dale underscore A, uh, you're the VP of merch. You're the newsman of the show. Yeah. You're the family man. Yeah, I, I carry many names, titles. What are you reading right now? I'm going to go back into the archives. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Extreme X-Men, number one. No. You hear it's this? One you can I read about this? I've heard about it. Greg Pock. All right, he does something with, uh, it's a different X title. All right, it's uh, three of the members of, uh, of a spawning of a ghost, the Ghost Box Astonishing title. Yeah. You have the, uh, you know, like the issue 51, Lieutenant Governor of, of His Royal Majesty, James Howlett of Canada, who's like an alternative version of Wolverine. I love how every time we talk about this book, we make up a new rank. Please continue. <laughs> Kid Nightcrawler. And Emmeline Frost, mm-hmm. and uh, and basically Dazzler from our Marvel U. I remember. She's her. a Craig Pock does a great job with Dazzler. He because he draws her as like a confident rock. You know, she's like a rock star, but she's not. She obviously. like she like Katy Perry. She's Katy Perry in the in the Teenage Dream. Um, and uh, she's she has a couple hits back in the day. Mm-hmm. But she's still doing it. She's still staying positive. 
Good she's not her. like washed up. He's not drawn or like washed up has been or something like that. And um, madness ensues on ut- Utopia, and uh, a rift opens up and drops these three X Men from a different dimension in it with Dazzler. And a speaking of severed heads, Charles Xavier's severed head in a jar from a from a different parallel universe as part of the team as well. And uh, their mission in this current arc is to stop this uh, squid monster that has chased them through parallel dimensions. And the squid monster is actually the Charles Xavier from that parallel dimension, universe, yeah. parallel dimension. Um, Pac did a great job drawing these characters. Uh, I felt, I didn't feel like I needed to know who these other three X-Men were because I don't, I haven't read Astonishing that far mm. so i don't know kid nightcrawler or emmeline frost um but i think for f- folks who would know who these characters are they probably get a kick to see these guys uh continuing on in a, in their own title what's weird that um this takes place like almost at the end of avengers vs x-men but it's not doesn't take place it, it doesn't really do they say this takes place before avx or yeah and on the first panel i think they say um it's. I think it takes place before Avengers vs. Yeah, because Cyclops is regular old. Yeah, Cyclops. yeah. Which is funny how they just kind of wrenched that in there. I mm-hmm. mean, it's uh, it's been three or four months since Avengers vs. Right. X Men started, but Let's get it together. Uh, enjoyable read. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with uh, you know this Marvel now if it's going to stick around. I suppose it has life. It has a, a reason to stick around. It's not in. You know, it doesn't involve any of the main X Men, but it's still got a Wolverine on there. You know. Shocker, um, yeah. but uh, great book. Give it a chance. I mean, it's you. You got to stay positive. It's another X title, so that could be good or bad. But I watched a YouTube video today of Wolverine versus Batman fan oh, film. Oh yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, were you happy with the ending? Uh, yeah. Is it new? I just like came across it today. About two months ago, I think it came out. It's actually pretty well Same done. Same guy who did uh, Batman Dead End, where he fought the Predator uh, and um, oh, yeah, the Alien. Oh, yeah. yeah, those are pretty good. Spoiler, Wolverine wins. Good. Good. That's all I needed to hear. Uh, The lightning round. You know, we talk about, we read a lot of books in our free time, especially Beth Quarto. She doesn't have a job. Nothing but free time. Anyone's hiring? B underscore Quarto on the Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Two sentences or less. Another book you read this week. I read Before Watchmen. What? Number one. What? What? Which one? Meh? Minutemen? Minutemen. Mm. Meh. Wow. <laughs> One sentence or less. It. Meh. That's all now, I have to say. Now, did you... Wait. Did you read Watchmen? Hey, hey. Yeah. Lightning round. Lightning round. We're going to have to save it. Well, it can be my second sentence. Yes. I think you had like five one-word sentences. We'll have to save it. Rebuttal until next week. I forgot it. I forgot. My turn. Legends of the Dark Knight. Final issue by Steve Niles. Ends way too quickly. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Not as good as previous Legends of Dark Knight issues. The first X-Men. Neil Adams. Christos Cage. Neil Adams is keeping it real. Real bat s insane. When will they stop this man from creating <laughs> comics? 
Avengers vs. X-Men <laughs> 9 9 issues in I'm still loving this title Like I don't know what Lightning rebuttal uh, underwater welder Lemire Keg two. Um, Jeff Lemire is back in our hearts right now. Uh, what was what? We got the Lemire music up. <laughs> we have the Lemire music in the background. What was the book that we talked about during the first Lemire Keg? Was that Lost Dogs? I believe twas. Or oh L- yes, Lost Dogs. I was thinking of Essex County, but that we wasn't at Quarto. Yeah. Did you read Essex County? Yes, I did. What did you think? I loved it. First, I love the first story. I think the best. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so this is his first graphic novel since, uh, I guess technically since the release of Lost Dogs, but that was his first. Mm-hmm. Um, this one came out through the top shelf. Interesting that this came out digitally first. I remember when we last time we were, we had recorded, we were wondering how much the digital or the print copy was going to be since digital came out at like ten bucks. Yeah. How much was that? Great price point. Uh this was twenty bucks, nineteen ninety five. Winter winter chicken dinner in the digital space. Well sure. For myself. You for yourself, yes. Um I'm very proud to own the physical copy of this book. Right. Beautiful. Well, well you supported the great the comic book shop in Delaware. Absolutely. They're a show sponsor. They are personal friends. Mm-hmm. Came out to Barcade. Dear friends. Dear friends. And Did we talk uh, about Barcade since we Recorded since we had Barcade? Yes. We did? Okay. Jonesy loves beer. Uh, you're the synopsis king. Uh, what, what's this book all about? Do we want to let Beth Corbin? Yeah, maybe we should have the Just super fan. the super fan of Jeff Lemire. Super fan. Super I don't want to take that away from you. You know, it's, it, it is my calling. Um, it's another Jeff Lemire playing around with time and with relationships and with how families really affect how a person what they become basically um you meet uh jack who is an underwater welder on an oil rig somewhere in halifax which is right off nova scotia canada canadia um and shirley you know and he that's called that he has a lovely young wife who is very pregnant with his first child and he has a lot of demons that he has to kind of come to terms with from his past um, about his relationship with his father. So you follow him as he goes to his job, which is a two-week stint on on the oil rig where he has to go do dives and weld things. And he has a um, an experience under the water where he thinks he sees something and he comes up very changed and possibly oxygen deprived and having the bends and all the fun things that come with scuba diving mm-hmm. um yeah i i can keep going <laughs> uh the the forward by damon lindelov of lost a little show called lost this one show um he does this great uh, forward where he mentions that this is like the great unproduced twilight zone episode and that really like sets the perception i think of the book at least for me like i was watching i was reading it and i was because i got really into the twilight zone since it hit netflix and i watched like every episode so you can kind of envision the book as a twilight zone episode in black and white and that's how i read it um 
but it's another one that comes back to like the unfinished business or whatever you want to call it with a father and son, which I or like a like that lost dog had a you know a family similar story where it was like the father and the daughter and the the wife was a big role and this was the same thing. Um, I so, so he goes he has he he goes underwater and he sees like this this stopwatch that plays a role in his life. And it was his father's who had who had died. Um, I guess his body turned up like in the. Did they ever find his body? They no, didn't they never find found his it. body. He disappeared when Jack was ten. Yeah, on Halloween. Uh, so he fi- he 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 gets rescued, and he says that he saw the this this watch that his father gave him when it was younger, and he's like something is drawing him to this watch that he saw in the water. So he's he's ordered like bed rest at home. He can't go back out in the water and do the job. Um, and his wife is like about to go into labor and he says, I have to go back into the water to to see what the story is with this watch that I that I lost when I was younger at the bottom of the you know, the ocean. So he goes there, he touches the watch, he goes underwater, his wife is going into labor at the same time and during, when I was reading that I was like so annoyed. Like, how dare you leave your wife like while mm-hmm. she's like giving birth or whatever. Um but in my head, I'm like still thinking like, yeah, this is the Twilight Zone episode, you know, like doesn't really, it's not as realistic. You just got to go with the flow. And he touches the watch. He comes back up to the water and everyone has gone from the town and he's the only person there. And it's him kind of uh, dealing with him getting his wish of being alone in this town. And uh, I I greatly enjoyed the story. Not, maybe not as much as lost dogs i had i had some issues with some of the characters um there's only like three well <laughs> so the, the the problem that i had that you've got jack and his father are the the central they're the focus of this and it's mm-hmm. all about their relationship from when jack was 10 and his father disappeared to now that jack is 33 and is about to become a father and now he's reflecting back on his relationship with the dad was a deadbeat a drunk he didn't pay child support and he had all these dreams of making tons of money on treasure that he was supposedly going to find in Halifax my issue those characters were beautifully developed Jeff Lemire knows how to write a father-son story the women were caricatures of what you would expect from somebody in that situation the the two women were the wife of Jack and his mother. And the mother can only talk about how much of a deadbeat the dad was and mm-hmm. t- tries to get Jack to just ignore the past and forget about it. And that's the only dimension of her character, that she hated her ex-husband. And then the wife, the only dimension of her character is that she's pregnant and that she keeps getting angry at Jack because he's not fully committed. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like they were underserved since they were Jack and his father were so richly developed that I I thought he could have done something more with the women and not just the dialogue that they had, which is very annoying to me too. I remember like the stuff in the, what was it like the coffee shop where they had a coffee shop or was it just like their they're at a diner the diner? Yeah. I thought it was almost like too playful. Like it was almost like, um, he tried to get too realistic with how a, a real couple would talk. In some spots, that's just how I felt anyway. I, I when during that the first couple scenes with them, I kind of felt like um, 
it was they were more like friends or one night stand or like brother, I didn't know brother they were, and sister. I didn't know they were <laughs> married, but uh, um, you I didn't feel the intimacy between them. Yeah, yeah, and I but I also didn't feel like in the beginning I didn't feel like the tension either because obviously there's this underlying tension yeah. when Jack first comes home from being sick uh, and needing bed rest. She, you know, she's very understanding. And, uh, you know, he could have some things wrong with him health, health-wise, and uh, she's got to be patient with him. And then he starts, you know, as soon as he starts kind of rambling on about this watch and how he may need to go back out there, she kind of like, all the re- reality kind of surfaces and bubbles up to the top. And, uh, you know, obviously these issues, these marital issues have been there the whole time about he's not committed, he's, uh, he's not ready to be a father in certain senses because his baby's coming and, you mm-hmm. know, he's not even... He's not even put up the crib yet that she's asking him to do a hundred times. Um, I can say I didn't feel I, I didn't feel that about the female characters, but only because I was your dude. That probably well, you can you that's can probably why. With that. Yeah, yeah, and and also as a as a married man, I mean, you, you dread that com- you, you dread that conversation, and I and I fear daily that for you know that I that I'm kind of treating my wife that way. And I don't think mm-hmm. I am, but you know, you never, you never want to be, we should talk. Should yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I was kind of like relating. I'm like, Oh my God, Jack, you better get your ass together. You know what I mean? Fly, you, got right. a, you got a baby on the way, get that room ready and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, f- I didn't luckily didn't feel that with the wife and that maybe the mother, she was a minor role, but I can, I can see what uh, Beth Corto was saying there. Um, but, I mean, as the story went on, like, I just, I, I loved it. I loved the story and how uh, deep it got. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- I I kind of figured that this, the dream sequence, I guess it is, where the town is empty and he's by himself. I, I've, it was very, very Twilight Zone-ish. And like you said, Damon Lindelof did kind of set that mood, mm-hmm. or that stage for me. And um, it... It, I think it helped. I mean, it didn't help, but it it kind of um, made it better for me. The story. I, I loved that whole section where he was he was almost turning into his father. Mm-hmm. The more time he spent alone, he started looking into the mirror and seeing the image of his father. And one of my favorite things in the story, he's looking at himself and he's thinking, "I can't remember my father for the details anymore. I don't. I don't see." Right. what he looks like after 23 years of him not being there. Yeah. And it's very poignant for, I mean, anyone who's lost a parent or lost a loved one where you get to a point where you're like, I don't remember. And uh, obviously, like, the more you find out about what's um, navigating around this watch, like, the more you find out, the just the worse it gets. Like, mm-hmm. for, you know, as first it's the, you know, it's it's, He's a the father's a drunk and he's got big plans to you know do something but and then he doesn't show up for Halloween and then the watch is the reason for that but then Jack is the reason for the watch for the reason I mean it's it got it was very depressing yeah. uh, and you know and then it ends he's a lot you know Jack's alive at the end your spoilers um, but you know it's if Je- it's Jeff Lemire you know you gotta walk like I love the story but. It's not all puppy dogs and ice cream, you know. Jonesy loves Lemire. Not gonna lie, I opened this book 
I'm having a kid in 11 weeks. I, I work a, a very demanding job, and I lost my father about six years ago now, almost six years ago now. This book I really, truly identify with in a ton of ways. Um, to piggyback on what Dale said, like there was a point early on with my wife where I was working 60, 70 hours a week, and it would be conversations like, I feel like I'm doing this alone. And, yeah, I'm, yeah. and I'm sitting there like, I got a little welled up, like I looked to, to left to right when I was reading it, like, oh my God, is Jeff like writing my life? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the baby's coming and I like, I can see the character like wanting to be there, but at the same time wanting to dive into work and almost like that weird feeling of being overwhelmed and feeling like you don't have enough time. Like we, you know, you and I were just talking about that on the drive mm-hmm. up and then the whole thing with making your father a superhero in your own mind and then having that person have to live up to that in mm-hmm. the story like it, it it hit me hard i'm not gonna lie like it hit me really hard yeah so uh, to me it's gonna be one of those books that i might be too scared to read again does that <laughs> make any sense yeah. like i'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be like all right i had too much of a connection with this book so like you know I don't even listen to some of the songs I know my dad liked for fear of, you know, right. just being in that place again. But how do you how do you applaud a writer for being able to do that? Right. You know, just I mean? stir like, up that emotion. Yeah. Send like, cookies. Yeah. I I mean I could never be a third of what this guy does. He's truly the master. He might take the maestro away from Scott Snyder. <laughs> he might be the new maestro. What's the synonym for maestro? Is there one? He might be la maestro. La maestro. <laughs> la maestro. La maestro. Oh, there you go. There we yeah. go. That's good. Uh, no, I mean, just, uh, and it's funny there. I didn't say much what you guys were talking about it because I didn't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to reveal that much. Mm-hmm. But I think if I hadn't, it would have been doing a discredit to how hard this guy works. Mm-hmm. Like, if I didn't open up about my connection with it, people might not understand how good this book is. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to nitpick. Um, like, I, I didn't connect with the mother at all just because I have such a great relationship with my mother. Like, I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, I could see that being a sitcom mom versus being an actual person. I felt it was a little weird when she... I know it's probably, like, a part of a humor and she's joking around with her son, but she's like, I kept the room the way it was just in case you ever decide to leave that woman. Or well, yeah, it's, it's, that was... <laughs> it's funny. My my mother told me, is like, if you ever want to come back, you have it, a room. Yeah. And I was like, but all right. At mom. least she didn't phrase it like, if you ever oh, no, want to leave, leave that woman... She never calls my wife that woman. So. That, was, that was weird because there was no pre or post explanation as mm. to, like, did she like the wife? The wife seemed... Wonderful well, enough, in the, needy. In the third part, <laughs> yeah. it was like she revealed that her and the mom were like best friends now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think part of that was also that um, Jack left the small town for a good period of time to go to university, and that's where it sounded like that's where he met the wife, and then brought her back to oh yeah that's deal right. with the ghosts of his father and the whole history of of how he his role in his father's death. And so the wife was kind of stuck there with nobody but the mother. And I right. I felt like that there was a slight disservice to what that aspect of the story could have been. And again, this is probably because as a woman reading this, I'm never going to have that connection of 
having going from having a father to being a father. I mean, I get to go from having a mother to being a mother, but that's a different situation entirely. Right. So while I did, I loved the emotional connection and I loved um, just how much you could see Jack struggling with going from being a son to being a father. But I, I wish that the mm-hmm. mother and the wife had the same shot at awesomeness that Jack and his father did. Yeah, there was, I mean, I think he did a good job of, uh, in a couple panels, explaining the the tension when she blurts out to Jack, when the wife blurts out to Jack, like, look, you brought me back to this podunk town because you have issues. Like, it's almost like that was the first time that's ever been discussed in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think he did a good job of ex- getting that point across, but it would have been more it would have been more interesting to see that fleshed out a little more because you know she's there's obviously some deep-seated stuff there yeah and uh, also i and it's nothing as deep as what jack was going through but you know when he had like it's so funny because i've you know i felt moments like that before if it had to do with work but like if it were anything else i wouldn't go back i wouldn't do that but like the fact that he saw that watch, that GD watch was there. Like I, if it were anything else, I would have been, you know, knocking him over the head more. But the more you find out about this watch, you know, if it were, if he had dropped a wrench in the water, he wouldn't have went back, but it was this damn wrench that he had to go back and, 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 and look at this watch under like, and see what the story was, if he was imagining it or whatever. And then he writes that stupid note and then she, her water breaks and, <laughs> I mean, it, can, incredible incredible you can you can see his fear as well that he had to go back for that watch because i think he was afraid of turning into the kind of father that he had like he saw himself distancing from his wife he saw himself going into his work and he said that the only time he was ever truly comfortable was when he was alone in the water mm-hmm. and his father was the same kind of man and i think that's another issue of turning from son into father, you have to wonder about what your history is going to do to your own child. And you could, you could see that fear and perhaps that was what was also driving him, that Mm -hmm. his future was driving him to be a little nutso. Right. Uh, I also think that deep down part of uh, Jack's motivation had to be the guilt. That he felt that he throwing that watch into the water, absolutely indir- indirectly guilt would have like crushed me, right? <laughs> but he didn't yeah. acknowledge that until uh, I think he forgot about the fact that or he, repressed it, or yeah, repressed it. it but I think the biggest breakthrough of the book is through his hallucination is Jack learning to forgive himself. You know, like he he yeah he threw the watch, but he didn't put a gun to his father's head tell him to get drunk, put on diving gear and jump after a watch because at a certain point as a grown man, you would know not to make that decision. I don't think I would have recovered as quickly as he did. Well, it looks like he didn't recover. I I mean, it took him years to come back and come to terms with it. What? Did he know like when he was younger that he caused it? I I felt like when you know when you're 10 about what 
your parents' motivations are. Well, I mean, when I don't think... Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. He recalled that conversation that they had. Like, I felt he remembered, like, at that moment. Like, he didn't know that he threw the watch or that his father went after to get the watch. And that's why he was in the water. Or maybe he knew it on a much more subconscious level and finally just put it together. Yeah, like I yeah. think he he uh, I don't know like realized while this this state of him being you know unconscious or in the town wherever like I felt that that's when he's like oh that's why my father was even in the water because I was being a brat and I threw the 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 watch like that would have if this is like my story the, the you know I would have never gotten out of the water I would have just been like walking the town aimlessly yeah and you know my wife would have just given birth or whoever knows what like my story would just be me like just walking the town I would have ne- never come back from that I don't think well I, I think he has a combination of of dealing with the guilt that he finally realizes but he also spent 23 years feeling abandoned his True. father went into the water on Halloween instead of coming to pick him up as yeah. promised and take mm-hmm. him out as promised. And when you have your hero not show up and your hero constantly failing you and finally they disappear with no body. So, I mean, there was always the chance that he just left and he finally gets to deal with there was guilt that could kind of start taking the place of that abandonment. Also, uh, before I forget, this is one thing I want to pick up. Jeff Lemire has this uncanny ability to give you an on-the-nose metaphor, but still somehow make it work. In this case, uh, the watch never worked, right? Yeah. Uh, You're about to cry? No, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it never worked. And then finally, when Jack makes the right decision, and he goes into the room to see his wife, the watch miraculously ticks twice. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like one of those things where Jack was marking time in his own life, unable to move forward, and as soon as he made the right choice, the universe became right again, mm-hmm. and the watch worked. Beautiful. Mm. I didn't even... Beautiful stuff. I didn't even just blew your mind right now. Yeah. Blew both your minds. I knew it. I was there with Jonesy. We're holding hands reading together. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to there's some of the great Lemire I think I feel like Lemire does it in every book he does but like I was going through like while I read Lemire books now I just think of pages I want to buy and like frame (laughs) yeah and um, the one where Jack is like looking up in the rain and the rain is just like beating on his face I think he's done that in Sweet Tooth a few times but that's like one of my favorite Lemire pages is when the character is just like standing there taking in the moment and like the weather is not affecting the character and I love it. That that page, the town page from the, the, the top down view. The aerial. Yeah. Gorgeous. The tree of life. Mm. Which so the wife at the beginning is talking about how the the tree of life imagery is based on the fact that the placenta looks like it it looks like the roots of a tree because of all the veins i don't know i've never quite seen a placenta i've seen it live oh boy um (laughs) but then as jack is finally coming to terms with everything that happened and he's still in the water and he's about to be rescued from his own destruction you see in the water this tree of life forming and connected to it is himself turning into his father his father turning into him and it's just an absolutely gorgeous image. Yeah, that yeah. I would like framed on my wall. I also I, I love the um, 
the how he transitioned into the flashbacks too, like where he would see the scene, and then when they would go back to him, he was the kid. It was just like it's like a little thing, but I thought it was well done in all the flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, so we can talk about the art for hours. It's we could love Art Lemire Keg. Love Jeff Lemire <laughs> and everything he can do with just simple black and white. Mm-hmm. The it, Lemire straw. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any, any, any closing thoughts? I think I think we pretty much nailed everything. That could be our longest book club ever. I think. I mean, I think just it's an absolute beauty of a book, and I mean, it's it's a quick read. If you have any concerns about that, it's you know you could get through it. And uh, the the physical copy is beautiful. I'm actually I know uh, last show I had mentioned I was wondering whether the uh, what week the hardcover was going to come out and I'm, you know, it's not a hardcover now that I have it in my hands, but, uh, it's, be- it's a beauty nonetheless. Think they're going to have a hardcover? Uh, oh man. No, no, they probably, you won't. hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I, if they had like an absolute underwater welder or whatever, the top shelf version. Dale tries uh, to pay his mortgage in hardcovers every month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tries to barter with the, uh, I'm out there. Uh, the townspeople. Yeah. Underwater welder. Beautiful. Great show. What a show. Now, uh, remember, folks, we're going to read your letters next week. The Fireside. Somebody's got to remember. <laughs> Somebody has to remember. I certainly won't. Edit keg. <laughs> <laughs> First time ever. 70 episodes in. Uh, that's right. <laughs> we're going to do an edit. Uh, what a show. Biggest show we've ever done. Beth Corto, thank you so much. Definitely. For on. Thanks. When do I get to meet Jeff Lemire? Never. What? Near Comic Con. Quit. October. What? Be there. I'm busy. <laughs> You'll be in Africa. <laughs> uh, next week, your letters. We'll read your letters. We'll we'll decompress. Do we'll, a lightning uh, rebuttal or two. We'll announce uh, the next book club. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through the format change, guys. And right to the end. See everybody next week. Mission pop. Yeah.